You're listening to You're listening to the to the Beer O'Clock the Beer O'Clock Show. You're listening to the Beer O'Clock Show. It's Beer O'Clock and this is the Beer O'Clock Show. My name is Mark and joining me is my beer buddy, no longer broken, Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, Mark. I'm uh, yeah, all mended this week and, and back to my usual form. <laughs> Very good. You, oh, we had people commenting you were so poorly last week. Yeah, it was just um, clearly it came across in the recording as well. But no, I'm all, I'm all better now. I'm, I'm I'm drinking alcohol again and everything. So all, all all is good with the world again. Very good. Also joining us this week is a beer blogging wunderkind, our old pal at Total Curtis Matt Curtis. Hello, Matt. Hello, guys. How are you? Very well. How are you? I'm very well. My my cat is actually he's just come in and he's thinking about coming and sitting on me, but he's not sure why there's a giant microphone in front of me. So he's sort of like, I'm gonna here he comes. Here he comes. Say hello to Cricket, everyone. He's hello, going cricket. to you might hear him rub himself against the microphone. Don't be alarmed. You might hear my my fairy boy George meowing occasionally, so they might end up having their own little chat. You never know. Yes. Beer cats. <laughs> we are reviewing this week because of course we do have a beer to review. N7 by Hamilton, which is a 5.2% pale ale. We'll be getting to that in just a little bit. Uh, let's talk about what we've been drinking this week. Matt, let's start with you, mate, as a guest of honour. What have what? you had that's been interesting in the last week or so? Um, one beer that really stands out is that I had um, an amber ale uh, from a brewery called Modern Times uh, in San Diego. Uh, and it was absolutely magnificent. I had this at Dog Eat Dog at their launch party on Thursday, the new brew dog hot dog bar. Um, and it was a classic West Coast IPA, a sort of amber in colour. It had a nice sweetness from the from the malts and a bit of crystal, but it was fresh. So it had this really zesty, dank hop character, but it wasn't like cloying. It was bright and the flavours were really deep. Um, and yeah, it was uh, six quid well spent. <laughs> anything else um yeah i also had uh, on the same night i had a prairie bible belt um which was uh, absolutely stunning 13 percent crazy beer from uh from prairie what um, style was that uh a, a big dark imperial stout as far as i'm aware oh, wow. I, I, yeah i don't always know now because i've given up um untapped <laughs> and a lot you know i have a beer and i'd then check it in and read all about it and now i'm i found it was taking away from my beer experience uh so um i assume it's an imperial stout i think it must have had some adjuncts in it but i just ordered it and enjoyed it on the night i didn't ask what was in it it just it just tasted great it was really chocolatey had this sort of spiciness herbal quality to it and um yeah it was it was a cracking beer cool uh how about you stevie um, well, before I drink my beers, I just I just want to ask Matt about the dog eat dog. Actually, Matt, what what's that like as a venue and, and as a concept? Is it is is it is it going to work in your opinion? So it's a great location, Essex Road. It's right on Upper Street, so it's a really restaurant focused area. It's always been famous for having a lot of eateries around Islington and Upper Street. Uh, inside, it's it's super chilled out, um, seating, table service. The prices are good. Uh, I enjoyed the food. Um, my only concern is that um, there's only so much you can do with a hot dog, and they've got a really interesting menu. Um, I'm not sure if the idea has legs long term. Um, there's a little hot dogs or legs gag there, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, it's well worth checking out. I think it, the, the prices are good. It's got a great brew dog and guest beer selection. Um, and uh, you know, I, I had the Chicago dog, which was I actually had two hot dogs. Um, I had the Chicago dog, which is topped with chili and, and, and cheese. And then I just had a plain dog and I covered it in all the available sauces on the table. How much are they, by the way, the hot dogs? Uh, from £6.50. Okay. And the Chicago dog was £8.50. So it's not like much more than Byron or somewhere like that around the corner. And, and, it, and they're True. good size and they've got good the, – the sweet – I didn't have any sides myself, but a friend of mine uh, had some sweet potato fries and he was raving about them, so – it's yeah, it's nice. It's super casual. They also do things like breakfast. They have good coffee. They've got it's like this is something that really bugs me that 
that bars just sell beer um, and and so that it's it's a space you can go from 10 a.m. they're they're open so mm-hmm. that's a that's a cool concept whether people will go there remains to be seen but um, I wish them the best. Yeah, and they do craft root beer and stuff as well, don't they? Oh yeah, the, this is really this is really good actually. Square Root Soda in East London have got this drinks all their uh, soft drinks are from them and they're really good, well made uh, soft drinks and so they've got, yeah I think it's got like the, this fountain and like free refills and stuff so that's wow. another cool concept cool now back to you steve yeah back, back, back to me sorry i just I, I was just interested in the um in, in the concept and seeing if it was working yeah so i jumped back onto the wagon this week and uh properly started giving some of my beers a hammering and i've, I've been going through the um the ebria discovery box that that, that we were sent so mm-hmm. just some highlights that i want to pull out from that um, that the Freight Nero Imperia India Coffee Stout, which was a collaboration between Northern Monk and Namada, um, uh, a, a nice coffee flavoured big stout, um, didn't really feel overly strong, um, hides the ABV very well, so that's one to keep your eye out for. Um, Brixton Lupulo Palau, um, which was a, a cracking little Palau, lots of lemon and lime coming off of that. Um, what else was good? Penny Lane Palau from Mad Hatter as well. Um, now I'm not a massive fan of the, the the humble pal, but for me this was spot on. It was rich, fruity flavors, biscuity malts, um, with, with some nice citrus hops at the end of it. But the um the real winner for me out of the ones I had at the weekend was the More Beer Claudia, um, which was a hoppy wheat beer. Um, now this was uh, obviously in the style of the Cloudwater beer that we did a few weeks ago. This was um. Just really soft, malty biscuit coming through on it. Um, sharp citrus running running throughout it, and and leading to this wonderfully long bitter finish. So that was um that was a real highlight of the week for me. Um, and then then last night I decided that I I try the infamous um stout float. So oh, right. I, I I got the um I had a bottle of eight wired ice stout, um and I dumped a load of vanilla ice cream in it and and made the most amazing beery milkshake that you're ever likely to come across um it was thick it was coffee like it was had all this booziness to it had the vanilla coming through it was just absolutely spot on oh very good so so yeah i've um i've probably got back into it this week what about you mate uh well after you sent me the, a text message last week saying you gotta try claudia it's amazing um <laughs> i got into that as well and you're right it's a it's a pretty decent beer um didn't knock my socks off but it was very drinkable, especially considering that it was a decent sized bottle as well. It wasn't a small bottle, was it? No, it was a it was a bomber, so yeah. six sixty mils, yeah. Um, and as well as that, I had a, a I don't know how to pronounce this. It's Berlo B R L O Pale Ale from Berlo Craft Beer in Berlin. Um, a mate bought for me. There was there's some German pop up out his way he lives in east london somewhere someone who'd been to berlin on holidays and brought back loads of shit um and that was really nice one of these pale ales that uh the lovely hops are like swimming around the edges and in the middle is just a refreshing clean beer um and the other one that i've had is you had it the other week steve was the heart and soul by vacation Oh yeah, vocation beers are really good. Session ale. Session I'm, I'm yet to try the vocation stuff. I'm, I've, I've seen people raving uh, about them, but the, the cans look really great. So as soon as I see some, I will be picking some up. Yeah, well, that heart and soul, four and a half percent or something, and packed with flavour. Yeah, for for a little session IPA, it's packed with the sort of flavours you'd expect from your your standard six and a half, seven, seven and a half percent IPA. Absolutely mm-hmm. cracking little beer. Yep. In Indeed. Now, Steve, you got some news for us, mate? Yeah, just a couple of bits this week, mate. All right, here's your pips. Beep, 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 Okay, so the first bit of news is all about us, actually. So um, just to um, announce that we are doing our next live show um, from Hot Burns and Black on Thursday the 12th of November. Um, tickets for that are now on sale via the Hot Burns and Black website um you just go to their site and click on the events page the evening is called all black 
and it's going to be um, an evening of dark New Zealand beers. So for a mere £10, you'll get into the shop, you'll get three tasters of some beers, you'll get 10% off of everything in the shop on the evening, and you'll get to spend an evening in Mark and I's company, um, <laughs> which is absolutely the crunch for, for wanting to buy your tickets there. Um, we're also hoping to have Todd from the New Zealand Beer Collective and other guests joining us for that show. So um, there'll be a link in tonight's show notes or, or alternatively just hit hit up hotburnsandblack.co.uk. Um, and then the only other piece of news this week was the, um, the, the major announcement um, last week that AB InBev have taken over SAB Miller. Now, this has created or will create a... Um, super company that will be worth approximately 70 billion a year um, and will control roughly around a third of the world's beer. Um, the reason why I stopped to pause there is because I'm really keen to hear what Matt's got to say about this and I, I'm sure Matt's going to have quite an opinion on this one. I might do. <laughs> I hope so <laughs> after leading you in like that. Chat, don't you, mate? <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's it's a huge thing. Um, I don't. The the majority of reaction I've read has been negative, but you know it's it's. Uh, before I go on, I'm not a I'm not a financial an- analyst. Um, you know, I know a little bit about sales and a little bit about corporations, but it's you know this is this is huge business. This is a big deal. To put it in perspective, I mean, um, Heineken bought fifty percent of Lagunitas for. A reported 500 million dollars US dollars um, Goose Island was a relatively small 38.8 million dollars um, but this is 104 billion dollars it's 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 a ridiculous amount of money for you know for 30 percent of the world's beer um, I think um, it's actually going to be in the short term of benefit to certainly larger craft brewers in the US because they'll be so busy with this. I think their acquisition acquisitions team will be more concerned or not whether they've still got a job. There's going to be so much cost cutting and redundancies as the companies consolidate that it's just going to be internal chaos. I mean, the, the amount of people and they'll be moving around is is crazy. Um, in terms of the UK, um, I think it, it only still ranks as third behind um certainly certainly i think heineken uh are the biggest player so it's it's not a big deal as here as it is in the us where it will be massive i also think um you'll see them dump cores uh i think i think uh cores will separate because they'll see it's in in the us they'll control the three big brands uh miller cores and budweiser and i don't think they'll allow that so i think they'll have to get rid of cores uh, one other thing I've got my eye on is um, uh, Diageo, uh, which is who, who own Guinness, um, who are also consolidating. I think they'll be looking to dump um, uh, Guinness, and I think Cause or or maybe these guys could could mop them up, which is another huge thing. Um, but I think I think uh, that's that's the next thing you'll see. You'll see Cause go, and then you'll see Guinness go to a beer company rather than a spirits company but it's yeah it's i mean uh you know one thing you know it, to be a bit philosophical when something takes on a certain mass it starts to collapse in on itself um and uh this this is these these are people that sell beer from a market sector that is very slowly decreasing very very slowly but they're not looking at the the right they're not looking at the beer they're looking at the how to sell it rather than what they should be making. So, yeah, overall, I, I, I think the sort of beer we drink is safe as houses uh, from these monsters. Well, well, let's let's hope so. But I guess it's a case of um, watch this space on this one. So, um, yeah, and, and that's the news really for this week. So um, I, I think it's possibly time to drink some beer, mate. What do you think? Indeed. Let's get into it. So this week's beer is N7 from Hamilton, 5.2%. Oh, pale ale. I'm just getting out of my cool bag. <laughs> I'm prepared. And uh, how many bottles have you got, Matt? I've got two bottles with me today. <laughs> um, that's what I have left. Um, 
it's yeah it's great to to, to have a hammerton brewery I'm, I'm literally sat like two miles away from the brewery right now so that's pretty cool um and it's yeah super cool brewery lee hammerton has to be one of the nicest guys uh in the london brewing scene if not in the country really passionate guy really knowledgeable really knows his stuff um while I was concentrating on talking, I've now spilt my beer everywhere, um, but that's all right. I'm, I'm going to get a lot of aroma. Um, um, I actually might have to go and get something to wipe this up. So, but we'll, we'll I'm going to try and wing it. Um, no, no, it's it's good because you've actually given us a nice segue because um, th- there's a great interview uh, at the end of tonight's show with Lee. Um, he gave us a little brilliant. bit of time to talk to us about. Um, because I like yourself, Matt, I've seen Lee speak a few times and he, he, he speaks with so much passion about the, the family heritage that, that there is in the brewery as well. And, and all that comes across in the interview at the end. So, so make sure you hang around um, all the way to the end of tonight's show to listen to Lee Hamilton talking about his brewery. OK, so um, this beer pours out very nice, very lively. I've got like half a half a glass full of head, and I'm waiting for it. It's like an ice cream float without the ice cream. Yeah, it's it is it is quite a lively one. Um, that's good though because it's it's obviously nice and fresh. Um, and I will just uh, at this point as well say thanks to Lee because he did give us these beers while while I was down there interviewing him. Um, so yeah, and he made sure that we had the freshest ones that were available in the brewery at the time. So cheers for these, Lee. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, lovely. I get a sort of like, almost like a honey quality, but then that sort of lovely citrusy, pithy. It's it's. There's definitely grapefruit and, and navel orange on the nose. Um, yeah, mine was dead lively as well, hence why I just had to dash off and and. Uh, get something to clear the beer i spill everywhere while i wasn't concentrating and speaking at the same time um but yeah it's uh it's a beautiful amber color as well um so it's the, it's the, there's two pale ales they do they do the uh the n1 uh, which is sort of a 3.8 more sessionable one and this, this is the 5.2 but this is the n7 is my favorite way to drink this is on cask um and there it's it's in the running to be my number one cast beer of the year, but it's got a fierce competitor from Five Points Pale Ale, so one of those two beers. I'm just going to have to keep drinking the both of them when I see them. And, and that, that's high praise keep, indeed. Keep trying to narrow it down. Yeah. But the, the reason that I should stress that the reason why those two are in the running for my cast beer of the year is because they are local, they're brewed near me, and they're served at a pub near me, and that's that's how you get good cask beer. So that's why it's two London beers. It's purely because of where I am and where I drink most of the time. And, and when we asked you to come on this show, Matt, again, we did ask you to recommend a beer. And without hesitation, this was the one that you went for straight away. Um, so I think I, I might have been in the I think I might have been in the pub with Lee uh, the <laughs> night before. <laughs> so like you had to. But I, yeah. I also think that out of a lot, you know, out of 80 odd London breweries, um, you usually find the same three or four getting praise all the time and um hammerton are just uh going from strength to strength i love their islington uh lager which is a steam lager um their pentaville stout which is brewed with real malden oysters is absolutely beautiful um and their tap room which is only open i think it's the last friday and saturday of every month is just a great place it's just off caledonian road uh, it's on the overground um or you can get the 91 bus um, and that's a really cool place. It gets uh, Friday nights are quite a party, um, and they usually have uh, some great food there as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a great addition to the North London scene, and they fit in really well. And everyone seems to respect and you know what each other's doing in that part of London. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm getting lovely hot flavors from this. It's very bitter. It's it's lovely. It's like almost like classically bitter. Um, like it's like that real uh, lemon zest pith. It's yeah, absolutely sumptuous. But the malts are there to make sure it doesn't get out of hand. It's like sort of like that lovely rolled oats and barley quality. It's almost like sort of um, white bread. Um, 
absolutely classic. It's it's Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, but but it's drier and more bitter. Um, so it's kind of like a it's a, almost like a British riff on the classic American Pale Ale. It's probably why I like okay. it so much. I can see that it it has got a a massive bitter finish to it, um, and it lasts as well. Um, but it's not it's not an unenjoyable feeling. It's it's perfectly well balanced. It it does just it brings all the flavours together that you've been experiencing through the aroma, through the initial taste, and through the finish. It just brings them all together so nicely. Um, this is a this is a cracking a cracking little beer, and I'm really pleased to be doing this one. Yeah. Um, so, what other beers do they do? Is it just the N1 and the N7, or do they do a? No, no. As I said, they do. Um, um, their four main beers are the N1 and N7, um, and then there's the Pentonville Oyster Stout, which is uh, brewed with Malden oysters, and the Islington Lager, which is a steam beer, a bit like Anchor Steam. Again, it's got that lovely bitterness. But they've done, they've done some really great uh, one-offs recently they, they did an earl gray black ipa called baron h um and that was stupendous that last time i went to the tap room i, I didn't realize how strong it was and i was drinking it by the pint and it was sort of like going on seven percent I, I didn't get on with that but then i don't like earl gray tea so oh, see i yeah i drink black earl gray tea quite like that's my evening drink usually um so that's i love earl gray and they did it they've just done a white ipa called geist Weiss, um which i haven't tried yet um, but I'm I'm eager to. Now that Pentonville oyster stout that you mentioned is that the oyster stout that you featured at your event that we were at? Yes. Last year. Yes. So last year I didn't my my it was my second event at the Duke's Head. I've done a lot since um, to the Duke's Head in Highgate, who I run their beery events. Um, so yeah, the first beer we had was the uh, we had Lee with us on the night actually, and uh, we had the oyster stout with oysters. Um, and I remember that we we were trying to shut the oysters, but we had to run down the back street to the restaurant coat uh, four doors down and ask one of their chefs to come and shut the oysters for them because we we couldn't do it. Um, but uh, I remember you you both I think Steve you lied about trying oysters. I seem to remember. No, I didn't. I didn't lie. I openly said I I didn't want to try them and wasn't going to try them. I think it was Mark that lied. I didn't lie. I just didn't say that I had and all. It's a shame because it's oysters and stout are um, one of the most heavenly beer pairings. But I guess if you don't like oysters, then that, that wouldn't be the case. Uh, but yeah, and uh, we're doing um, we're doing darker days too um, on November the fourth and Wednesday the fourth. Uh, which is our, the last event we're doing at the Duke's Head this year. Um, and this year we we have teamed up with Siren Craft Brew, um, who are going to launch their Caribbean chocolate cake uh, on cask and keg. Um, but we've also got um, some other beers. We've got Bones of a Sailor Part 3, which is a Pedro Jimenez aged stout. Oh, that's um, a cracker, that one. Yeah. That, we have that's, a, that's up yeah. there as being a potential for my beer of the year, that one. We're having that with um, food from a new street food trader called Le Bao, who do Chinese buns, and I've not tried their food yet, but we're going to have some something really rich and, and meaty um, to go with this beer. Um, uh, actually, no, I tell a lie. Um, the Bones of a Sailor is going to be last with the cheese course uh, with Truffles Deli, and they're going to bring some cheeses down um, to try with it. But, uh, yeah, um, that's it's, it's sold out. Um, it's... Uh, it's all down 24 hours, so we're really looking forward to to having the guys from Siren down uh, and entertaining a, a great bunch of people and uh, tasting some incredible beer. So, so Matt, just on the back of that, things things seem to be going from strength to strength for total hours at the moment. Um, do, do you want to give us a kind of appraisal of, of, of where you're at and what you've been up to and, and, and what's coming up? Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of gone crazy. I mean, it's... I've been working really hard. I spend most of my evenings. This is a rare Monday evening for me because I'm not writing or editing photos. Um, that's my usual Monday routine. I'll get home, have a bite to eat, and um, 
I'll shut myself in my study and uh, and just just work on stuff until I get yelled at by Diane and she says it's you know come to bed it's 1am or something like that um, and that's that's I keep having to force myself having to have breaks because I generally at the moment will come home and I'll want to to work on stuff so um, I yeah a few great things happened um, I so I relaunched my blog so it, I wanted to improve the way it looked and I was trying to improve on the, the content uh, so I'd get more people reading it. Um, and I started writing for a magazine called Ferment, which uh, I write for every month. Um, and then uh, the most exciting thing is I was approached by a guy called Michael Kaiser, who is an absolute legend. He runs a website in the US called Good Beer Hunting, and he asked me to be his UK correspondent. Um, my, I've uh, written a couple of pieces for him now. My second one was, was live today. It's all about my trip to Peyotenland and uh, the Zena Valley, uh, just south of Brussels in Belgium. Um, but I've been traveling around, like working on pieces for him um, and, and a few other things like Hot Burns and Black. I'm like, uh, like you guys, I'm doing an event there um, in aid of um, the charity Mind. Um, uh, that's going to be, that's sold out as well. That's on the, that's this week. It's on Thursday. <laughs> just looking at my diary. That's this Thursday. Uh, we've got a packed house for that one. Uh, it's, it's just, um, I'm just going to push it as far as it can go, really. It's, it's, it's very exciting. Uh, I get, you know, I get to travel. Um, I've pissed a lot of my mates off because um, I don't hang out with them because I'm doing beer stuff. Uh, but they, they kind of understand. The most important thing is Diane understands and, and she's very supportive supportive of the amount of time I do it so it's just really I think coming back to why I started blogging um I, I started blogging because I needed to get all the stuff inside me out all this passion for for beer and writing seemed the logical way and that's just evolved about 18 months into it I almost I almost packed it in but that's when I started to meet people and make friends like you guys uh like Chris Hall who now from blogging now now works for brew by numbers um and you know i met loads of great people and that's and and as that happened it spurred me on to write more and then it was a case of i was never writing for other people it was just for myself but then when i realized that people were reading and enjoying it i realized that i i could try and make stuff make content that they enjoyed even more so it's a real exciting challenge to try and work out how i can write differently to other beer writers come up with different ideas uh, and um, get more and more people interested and because the end result is really getting more people excited about beer and the more people who are excited about beer and enthusiastic about it the more people will hopefully want to want to read stuff I write um, so uh, yeah I'm just gonna just gonna keep at it and uh, see where it takes me cool um Steve, how are you finding this beer, mate? Uh, it, it's so good that I wish I'd gone down Matt's path of actually getting more than one bottle of it and to, to enjoy this evening because it's it's pretty much gone. If if I'm honest, yeah. that note that you first came out with, Matt, about the, the honey characteristics to it is spot on because it, it has that very lightly sticky but smooth feel to it. Mouth feels it's, it's yeah. It's a lovely it's a lovely sweet, very clean big juicy banger flavors yeah it's well no i wouldn't quite say this is a juicy banger because for that's when it's for, for, maybe for you for me it's it's too bitter um i'm getting now it's warming up a bit i'm getting a few more characteristics um so the the malt character is is like honey a big spoonful of honey slapped on a big bit of crusty white bread and on top of that you've got sort of grapefruit zest and juice but then i'm now getting this um two very distinct floral notes lavender and, and honeysuckle in in the taste um and and that's so it's like a floral quality and a zesty quality um it's but it's ultimately even though you break it down into all these different flavors when you combine it together it's actually a very simple beer it's just a nice bitter pale ale that's very easy to enjoy um and, and 5.2 is I, I like a stronger beer because I think a bit more alcohol will give a beer a bit more body. I'm not a big fan of a lot of 4% session IPAs because I found, find uh, that there isn't enough balance in there for me personally. So I generally tend to stick to sort of 6 7% IPAs. That's what I like because I like that body. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a cracking beer. And, uh, yeah, I've got, I'm going to open my second bottle now because this is what I have to. I, I knew this would happen. <laughs> well, mine's all gone. It, it, it was... 
very drinkable. I mean, 5.4% isn't... 5.2, sorry, isn't that much to get down. It's, you know, it's it kind of wears its ABV on its sleeve pretty proudly. It's lovely, clean flavours, incredibly drinkable. Steve, do you have any final comments? I, I can't I can't add to what either of you guys have said about it. I, I mean, I obviously said earlier on in the show, I'm not normally a fan of the, the, the standard Palau variant of beer, but this, this is one that I would happily drink again. Um, and I can see where Matt's coming from when he says that it's this is best on cask because I can imagine that a pint of this on cask would absolutely blow your socks off. Yeah, it's also very dangerous on cask because um, it, it does it. It's easier to drink, and um, um, you know, five point two. If you you know, if you have if you drink a pint every half an hour for three or four hours, then you'll know about it. Ask Lee about it. He'll he'll tell you about it. <laughs> so that is the N7 from Hamilton. And listen for the interview that Steve did with Lee Hamilton from Hamilton at the end of the show after the tinkly, tinkly music. Now, Stevie, do you have a big box of nothing winning prizeless prize? It's it's the biggest box of nothing this week. Um, I'm going to have to give an honourable mention this week as well um, because there was one that was... Uh, leading the way um, until this one popped up on my feed. So uh, first honourable mention to to Martin um, at MJP007, um, regular contributor to the show, for uh, a great picture of... He was obviously at um, an Adnams evening. There were a load of Adnams casks um, that that were lined up along the barn. It was a really nice-looking picture. That was there until about an hour before the show, and, and then up popped... A cracking picture from Son of a Gun. Um, it's the first time this man has, has, has won this um, for a while. Uh, basically, he's got a bottle of beer in the middle of a forest with a waterfall behind it. Um, <laughs> it's it's a stunning picture. It's, it's in the show notes, and it's also on our Instagram feed. Um, and there is a great big massive box of nothing heading its way across the um, Irish Sea. To, to son of a gun this week um if you do want to enter your own put your picture up on instagram use the hashtag cheers guys and you too can win your own very own big box of nothing <laughs> very good and congrats to him now do we have a hot topic yes mate um so this week very simply put um the question i asked on twitter this evening was are pumpkin beers really any good um, <laughs> and, and before I come to you guys for your opinions, let me share what some of our listeners have, have said about them. So, um, can I get a people grant? Um, ballast points is the best he's ever had. The rest are chemically and sweet, especially the much loved Southern Tier Pumpkin. Um, Nostromo Bruco. Now, I think this one nails it for me. Um, not had too many myself to pass judgment, but I'd say the consensus is. Brewers say no, marketing says yes. Um, Matt Chinnery, the half-pint gent, says, if only I was allowed to bring one to the next bottle share, then we might find out. I've had a few decent ones, yes. Again, Martin Oates, never had a good one myself. I go out of my way to avoid them. Luke McGlynn, seems to be a seasonal commercial pun-related gimmick, really. Julio Grady, not tried any yet, but looking forward to the Beaver, t- Beaver Town. Stingy Jack, I've got in the fridge, which also brings me to a point where um, people that listened to last week's show would have hard- heard me arguing with beer farts yeah. about whether it was called Stingy or Stingy Jack. <laughs> well, I-, I had to look up the dictionary definition and it is actually Stingy Jack. So I'd I take that one. I'm wrong. Um, and then just to finish with, um, Phil Kite, the great QBO. Oh, dear God, no. Um, need another one to make sure that I'm not an idiot. Um, and then again, also son of a gun. They're always a disappointment. Pumpkin has little or no flavour. So it's actually the spices that are the letdown. So that's what Twitter thought about this week's hot topic. Um, before I share my opinion, which I think I already shared last week, but I'll have it again. Um, Matt, pumpkin beers, any good? Well. I don't think there's anything wrong with pumpkin. Um, I think my personal preferences for be- for beers that aren't flavoured with cinnamon, nutmeg, and, and sugar. Um, I 
I think the great thing about beer is you can find a beer for anyone to enjoy. And a lot of the beers I get, particularly the really hoppy stuff, Diane, my partner, doesn't enjoy. But she came back from the shop uh, with eight cans of, of um, Stingy Jack from Beavertown, and she absolutely loves it. Um, and there's there's loads of, I mean, there, um, I had the pumpkin down from Ballast Point, which is a Scotch ale with pumpkin rather than a straight pumpkin beer. Um, and I thought that was an enjoyable beer. I had it at the end of quite a heavy session, so I probably would have drank anything at that point but i i remember enjoying it and i also had a i was out in america in colorado um a couple of weeks ago and i had two incredible uh pumpkin beers they were both sours one was from almanac um and it was from their farm to barrel series they're from california and that was it, it, their souring is is exceptional and regardless of what they seem to put in it whether it's citrus or pumpkin or whatever it tastes fantastic um an avery brewing um who went into my top brewers probably my top 10 if not my top five brewers uh, the guys avery in boulder colorado they did a a pumpkin sour and it was absolutely mind-blowing it had that sort of snap and finesse of a of a belgian gers but with pumpkin but you couldn't really taste the pumpkin because the yeast character dominated but it was technically a pumpkin beer so there's something there's you know there's, there's beer out there for everyone, and if people enjoy pumpkin beer, then that's fantastic because they're enjoying beer. Mark, thoughts? Um, I will say that matters wrong. If you like pumpkin beer, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I think the only pumpkin beers I have are the ones that you take a version of too, Steve, which are the Christmas-themed winter-spiced winter beers, which I've never found particularly palatable. I'm sure there's some very nice ones out there, but I have yet to try. I'm not a big fan of pumpkin, though. So same here, and I think, as I say, my view was documented on last week's show when we did that little clip from Indie Man with beer farts. Um, I'm not a fan of pumpkin beers. I'm not a fan of the spices in in them that, that accompany them. So I tend to avoid them. Um, so I think that's a that's an overwhelming um, view on this week's hot topic. And and look out for the, uh, the 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 revisit of this particular version of hot topic top hot topic when in a few weeks we do the the question: Are festive beers really any good? As <laughs> as, as well. Aren't they more or less the same thing, only without pumpkin? I, I think so, yeah. I, I just think sometimes the festive beers, literally somebody's gone nuts with the festive spice mix in the cupboard and maybe dropped too much of it in the mash tun or, or something like that. <laughs> I, 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 sorry, sorry, Mark. I actually find that Christmas beers, uh, spiced beers, are really good with a bit of age on them because the flavours of the spices die down. But I've, I've done a little experiment. I bought some stronger spiced Christmas ales a few years ago and they've been at the back of my cupboard and I'm going to open them this Christmas and see how they've how they've aged um i'm really glad because i thought a couple of them would they i know they were a bit over pitched by the brewer and i thought they might explode but so far they haven't i haven't seen any explosions in my beer cupboard but um yeah time is with 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 spiced beers time can be really good a bit of oxidation and, and that can add a bit of sherry notes uh, if it's a if it ages properly and that can be beneficial if it's that's only if it's a stronger beer really but yeah hopefully they'll be all right when i drink them this christmas <laughs> And don't forget, you can buy your beers, pumpkin or otherwise, from Ales by Mail, Beautiful Beers, Beer Merchants and Ebria, who all now offer a 10% discount to Beer O'Clock Show listeners on any beers from their websites. Check out all the details on our beer list page. Our website is beeroclockshow.co.uk. Our Twitter is at beeroclockshow. Instagram is at beeroclockshow. Steve is an untapped at Beer Show Steve. I'm an untapped at Beer Show Mark, and I'm on Twitter at Beer Show Mark. Matt Curtis is on Twitter at Total Curtis. And what's your website, Matt? It's www.totalales, pronounced Total Ales, dot co dot uk. <laughs> and Steve, next week we've got the walking pallet himself coming back, haven't we? We have some random bloke off Twitter joins us again for, for what I imagine is going to be another um, interesting show. Ooh. Why do we always end up doing more than two beers when we've got Justin on the show? The, um, the controversial Justin Mason. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting because this is this is a first for us. We're trying something new next week. We, we, we've, we're doing an Essex Brewers showcase. So we're literally, we handed the show over to Justin. We said, um, Justin's been doing a series on his blog about Essex beer and the Essex brewing scene. So we said, okay, Justin, show us the best of Essex on one of the shows. So he's got four beers for us to try next week. Um, if anybody remembers back to the last time we had Justin on with more than four beers, 
it was a very, very, very long show. It was. Um, so um, we'll either be doing tasters next week or Mark will be doing a marvellous editing job. But look out <laughs> for that next week. That's our Essex Brewers Showcase, um, kind of hosted by Justin Mason at 1970s Boy. It'll be very much hosted by Justin after the first couple, I think. <laughs> Thanks very much, Matt, for joining us this week. Cheers, Matt. Thank you very much for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. And can I just add, while I've been on the show, I've checked uh, my Instagram feed because I did take a photo of that Modern Times beer. It was called Blazing World. Um, and that was Modern Times. And it was an amber IPA. It was brilliant. And the Bible Belt uh, is an imperial stout in collaboration with Evil Twin by Prairie from Oklahoma with uh, coffee, vanilla, chilies and cacao nibs. And one more thing, because I like talking, as you know, um, it was I, I was there was one beer I was I promised myself I'd mention uh, and I forgot. Um, but I've just remembered and I really want to get it in. It was it's another Mad Hatter beer and it was the Zatziki Sour. So I don't know if you like Zatziki with um, like Greek food, like mint yogurt, but it was a mint yogurt sour and it was absolutely mind blowing. It was weird. I couldn't get enough of it. I think Paul uh, it, at Mad Hatter is an incredible brewer um, and he... Yeah, they're gonna. People are gonna go nuts for their beers because they they're willing to to try crazy stuff that no one else is. So, yeah, had to give them a mention. Very good, Steve. Thanks, mate. It's been the highlight of my week. And mine. Cheerio, everyone. Bye bye. It's beer o'clock, and this week I'm in North London um, with none other than Lee Hamilton, owner of Hamilton Brewery. Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, Lee, on this week's show, we've been featuring the N7 beer. Um, tell us a little bit uh, about the beer. Where did the inspiration come from for this beer? So, N7 was the first beer that we ever produced, the first beer we ever brewed in the brewery. Um, it came about because um, I suppose hoppy pale owls American style IPAs I suppose were sort of what got me into drinking beer a bit more um, and one of the reasons why I wanted to uh, start a brewery and um, that was the first beer that I wanted to make um, so that was that was the inspiration just um, behind the N7 was uh, I wanted to make a beer that I liked, uh, the style to, um, to the sort of standards that I hoped we could do. Um, the how we, how it actually came about was uh, one of my good friends, um, uh, James Kemp, who who's uh, quite well known within the industry. Uh, he's very uh, very very good brewer. He used to, uh, I believe he was the, he used to be the head brewer at Buxton, uh, which you sure you know about yeah, absolutely <laughs> uh, but, uh, I think he once upon a time before that he worked for he was a senior brewer at Thornbridge before that Fuller's and then um, before that he worked uh, he was over in New Zealand I think how he got into brewing was he won a home brewery of the year a home brewer best home brewer of the year in New Zealand um, so he's, he's uh, he wanted to help me out I was trying to um, work out uh, what hops to use, what sort of malt to use, and um, James uh, was lucky enough for James to come in and uh, uh, you know collaborate with me and help me uh, come up with this beer. So mm -hmm. yeah, okay, and it's a beer that's available. It's available in bottles. Yeah, keg, keg um, and cask version of it as well. Yeah, yeah. So we do uh, bottles, keg and cask. Um, it's pro we're starting to work like most breweries, I think. Um, keg, uh, sorry. Bottles and cans um, are is such a, a, a massive market now, and it's growing rapidly every week, every week. Um, so that market's got, you know, we we seem to be producing a lot more bottles now, and we're also, um, yeah, keg and cask as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. okay, so all, all of your beers. This one's obviously called N7. All, yeah. all of your beers have got names that are um, relevant to the lo locale where yeah, we are. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Intentional. Yes, it was. Um, so, part of the one of the main reasons why I wanted to start a brewery, or one of the reasons, not the main reason why I wanted to start a brewery, but one of the, um, uh, I suppose, USPs about the brewery, and, and one of the sort of when I was working out whether it was feasible, it was it was around the area Islington. So I, I've I'm not originally from Islington, but I've lived here for 
over 10 years and I knew it was such a great area uh, for pubs and bars and you know finding good beer um, but there was there wasn't a brewery so um, and yeah because I love the area I thought it would work well if we sort of you know names names them after the area as best okay. as we could so so what what are the other beers in the core range so yeah so although we've named you know our core range are definitely centered around Islington mm-hmm. but we're sort of swaying around away from the, sort of that naming convention you know we don't want to restrict ourselves too much but um so on the specials they've got different and weird and wonderful names now mm-hmm. but um so our core range is uh, n7 which we've been talking about was our first fear Second beer we did was Pentonville, which is quite an interesting one. It's uh, an oyster stout. Mm-hmm. Um, we're mm, maybe 40 metres away from Pentonville Prison. As a, you know, if you threw a stone over there, you'd be able to hit it. Um, and then we had N1, which is our session parallel. So um, a lot of people love the N7, but um, a, you know, it's, as I found out, a lot of the cast market wanted to sort of more sessionable, lower ABV, hoppy, pale ale. Um, that's why we brought out um, uh, N1. So N1 is uh, probably the main, the, the main postcode of Islington. Um, and the last one uh, of our core range is Islington, which is um, a steam lager. So it's kind of a bit of a hybrid lager in that it's, um, it's quite interesting that you get quite a bit of flavour from it because the yeast we use is uh, San Francisco uh, style yeast, well it is a San Francisco yeast and it's basically, um, uh, a lo- it is a lager yeast but it ferments at ale temperatures so lager normally ferments at 12 degrees around that um, and ale is between 18 and 20 um, so the lager, so this particular yeast ferments at ale temperatures so, so warmer around 18 degrees so it kind of brings out a bit more flavour yeah so Okay, now I've I've been lucky enough to hear you talk at a couple of events um, with absolute passion and pride about the yeah. the, the family name um, of of the yeah. brewery. Um, do you want to just tell our listeners uh, about how it came about, how yeah, you're linked to the original brewery yeah. name? Yeah. So um, yeah, so it was probably about I I think I started putting pen to paper, sit and seriously started looking at starting the brewery October 2012 um, and at that time you know I was a bit fed up with what I was doing office job um, you know been doing that for at least well a good 10 years and it was decided that I didn't really want to be doing that for the rest of my life I wanted to do something I, I enjoyed and something I was interested in so started looking into starting a brewery um, started writing the business plan, planning a bit further, you know, getting more in depth as the months went on. Um, a few months into that, I found out that there used to be, so my surname is, is Hamilton, um, and a few months in, I found out that uh, there was a brewery, there used to be a brewery called Hamilton Brewery. My brother had actually been collecting old memorabilia, sort of labels and uh, beer mats and things like that that you can occasionally appear on. Um, on eBay, so so that so thought that was quite interesting. They were actually down in Stockwell, so South London. Uh, I think the brewery since being demolished, and you know it's now flats or developments. Um, yeah, so thought nothing of that, and just thought that was an interesting story. Um, and later, probably another couple of months down the line, after speaking to our grandparents, we found out that we're actually relatives of the original brewery so we just thought it was just a link you know we shared the same name but it turns out uh we're actually yeah it's it's in our family it's in our bloods basically so we're um yeah we descend from you know some of the original brewers uh you know hamilton's basically so uh yeah so that that was so we found uncovered that bit of history which was um complete um you know surprise to us so we didn't know about this and uh yeah so after trying to find you know we were working out what we could call a brewery you know i was thinking of different names you know trendy names or something that's going to work and uh the more i sort of discussed it with friends and family everyone just thought it was such a great idea to bring back uh hamilton brewery um yeah because it's you know it's a heritage that uh we've got and uh, yeah it's just yeah it's a great story because it was completely uh um yeah 
completely by surprise that we found mm-hmm. out and uh, yeah and have, have you managed to secure any of the original yeasts from the the, the, mm. the old brewery no we haven't i i mean um i've i've looked around the bit but i haven't extensively to be honest but um because it was kind of um i always wanted to just brew beers that i wanted to drink and you know recipes that i wanted you know i wanted to make um found interesting um so yeah we haven't got to that stage yet where but we we probably we probably will sort of try and unearth a bit more at some stage um but we did uh so one of our original brew sorry one of their original brews so the original hammertons was was the oyster stout so um you know all our other beers that we've produced are just beers that we, we like to make we like to drink but the oyster stout was one that was really interesting so um, that's 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 a new recipe, but it's based on an old mm-hmm. old uh, old beer that they did. So yeah. okay, so so what's what's in the future for Hamilton Brewery now? We're we're sat here in in your tap room, which yep. is quite a nice nice little space you've got here. You're a stone's throw from from the station. Yeah. Um, tap rooms open last Friday and Saturday of every month. Yep, it is. Yep. Um, what's what's next for you as a brewery? Where do you want to take things now? So. As a brewery, I mean the main main thing for us was always um, consistency of our, our beers and you know making solid beer um, every time. Uh, so we've been doing that for about a year, I, I think. Um, you know, people have we've got great feedback. Um, so it, you know, to some people, they they might have looked at us and uh, uh, six months going for oh, you know when are these guys going to bring out some beers so some more beers so we've always we've had our core range for quite a while um and you know we wanted to just wait until we were really happy with those we're brewing it consistency consistently and um and yeah then we wanted to start bringing out new beers so that's where we are at the moment we we're sort of happy with where we are the core range um actually won some some fairly big industry awards for those as well which is great recently so we we yeah for now we just want to concentrate doing what we've been doing the last year but also bringing out some more interesting exciting beers so uh we just bought out well we bought out um, a beer called baron h recently which was uh which is a earl grey black ipa um so it's um nice hoppy black IPA with uh, infused with Earl Grey uh, so uh, and then we've also bought out a, a white IPA called Geistweiss which um, has just been put into bottles so that'll be out soon but it's already out in keg and cask and yeah so well, we've also brewed a, a new Peruvian beer which is really interesting mm-hmm. um, with Peruvian corn uh, that's still in the test stages um, yeah so the next kind of six months we just want to yeah sort of experiment more and just um yeah bring out some weird and wonderful beers and yeah i think that's where we want to be now um we've potentially got to start looking at buying new tanks already because we're sort of starting to struggle with tank Mm -hmm. space so that's that's on the horizon as well so okay so um if people want to find out more uh, yeah. about the brewery find out the opening times where you are where, yeah. where do they go for more information uh so yeah the best place uh, normally is our blog which to be honest doesn't get updated that much like <laughs> a lot of uh brewery blogs i suppose and a lot of blogs in general sometimes um certainly with us anyway uh but yeah so um normally our opening times for the brewery are um on our website on the blog um yeah i think next month we're going to be opening up quite a lot um for the rugby i quite enjoy rugby Mm -hmm. and you know it's a good excuse to open up the brewery and put the big screen and watch watch the rugby but um yeah sort of updates mainly mainly on the blog and twitter of course we're quite reasonably active on twitter so yeah Okay, great stuff. Well, listen, I'm going to let you get back to running a brewery. Yep. Um, I'm going to finish this N7 that, that, that we're enjoying now. So, um, cheers, Lee. Thank you uh, very Thanks much for your time. Thank you very much. Good, good to speak to you.